2: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. This episode was recorded live at the Manor Vale Lodge. Conversations on Dance at the Vale Dance Festival is generously underwritten by the Town of Vale. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro
3: and I'm Michael Sean Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Good morning, and welcome to Conversations on Dance here at the Vail Dance Festival. My name is Michael Sean Breeden, and I will be your host today. I am joined by directors of two incredible companies. Um, we have Christine Cox with Ballet X and Laurel Winton with Dance Aspen. Thank you both for joining us this morning.
2: Yay. Thank, Thank you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so... I've had the luxury of speaking to both of you in the past, but we'd love to just get a little reacquainted. So maybe, Christine, you could talk to us a little bit about your own performing career, and um, I guess kind of whether you always had ambitions to lead a company, how, how it led to where you are now.
4: Thank you, it's wonderful to be here. Uh, I started dancing professionally when I was 17 years old. I was a student at the School of the Pennsylvania Ballet, and I started at age 10, and I studied for seven years, and. Around senior year in high school, I decided either I make it as a professional or I go to college, and I wasn't going to give myself much time to kind of float, because I had watched some friends of mine floating, and I was lucky enough to get a job with Ballet Met in Columbus, Ohio. I really wanted to be in the Pennsylvania Ballet, so that was really devastating, but it's good to have those moments in your journey, and I think it was really important for me to start my career with John McFall. He was a principal dancer with San Francisco Ballet. He loved new works, and so we did a lot of new works at Ballet Met. And I remember moments in the studio realizing that I was a part of something that had never been seen before. Mm. I did not have an ambition to run a dance company. I just had an ambition to dance. I loved dancing. When I was done dancing work, after eight hours of dancing, I would go out to clubs dancing. <laughs> you know, it was like I couldn't get enough of dancing. I was just like, oh, I'm free. I'd be in the club dancing by myself. Um, so it was really su- just in my DNA. And five years with Ballet Met, a uh, couple months with Ballet Hispanico. <laughs> which was fantastic, got to perform for the President of the United States and go to World's Fair in Spain, and then a little bit of time in American repertory ballet. And then I got into the Pennsylvania Ballet and spent 13 years there. So it was a, yeah, quite a journey.
3: Yeah. How do you think that having those alternate experiences have aided your role now versus if you'd just been at Pennsylvania Ballet your whole career?
4: I don't even know if I would have been a director if I'd only been at the Pennsylvania Ballet. The emphasis on new work wasn't really there. We were lucky to do one or two new ballets a year. Um, I think it was that first company, that spirit of adventure. John was really um, quite a passionate leader and really just instilled this sense of adventure that it carried through in my career.
3: Laura, let's hear a little bit about your own uh, dancing past.
2: Yes, it's, it's interesting because um, Christine and I, our paths have crossed several times mm-hmm. in, um, in our careers, and, and you and I as well. So uh, I started at San Francisco Ballet. That's where I grew up. That's where I trained. And it was my dream to dance at San Francisco Ballet. Um, but what ended up happening is I got a job with Pennsylvania Ballet 2 when I was 17, so um, I took that opportunity and moved to Philly. And um, after that year, I got a job with the Joffrey Ballet in Chicago. So that was um, my first big, you know, uh, company job. I was a full company artist. I moved to Chicago, uh, had a wonderful, wonderful couple years there, um, and then I got an offer to uh, play Penny on the national tour of Dirty Dancing. So completely. 180 switch, I, um, I s- took a break from the classical dance world and I moved to New York and got on a Broadway tour. And um, that introduced me to a plethora of new people, new approaches to dancing. We were performing eight times a week. Um, I was doing scenes and talking and I was having the best time of my life and I said, I'm never going back to a dance company. I'm going to be on Broadway, and so I moved. I moved to New York from there, and I did a little bit of Broadway and TV and film, and then I started to really miss dance, like real, real concert dance. Being in a company, um, being you know, um, being in a group, training every day. I really missed that. Um, so I had an opportunity to um, actually guest with Ballet X. And so I, <laughs> I went back to Philly, a totally different me, um, way more, I still had that classical base, but way more contemporary, and I felt way more comfortable in my, in my own skin from performing so much. Um, I had a wonderful time at Ballet X. And you know, I, I said, wow, this is somewhere where I could really, I think I could really stay. Um, at that time, I did also have an offer to join Aspen Santa Fe Ballet um, full time, which I, I took and that landed me in Aspen, Colorado. So that's how I got to Aspen. Um, I was there for three years, loved it, um, loved the work and the rep we were doing. And then the pandemic hit. And everything closed. And as companies were starting to get back, our company was not. And um, what ended up happening is Aspen Santa Fe Fe Ballet closed its doors on the local company for good, unfortunately. So um, we, you know, myself and my colleagues were left without a purpose, without a career, without any job opportunities in Aspen. And so um you know Dance Aspen came about just because we it was it was out of necessity. It was mm-hmm. because we had no other option and I, I never had any desire to run a company, honestly. <laughs> like I just wanted to dance and I wanted to um stay in my home and and stay with my colleagues who I loved so much. And so it kind of just um it happened cuz it it needed to. Mm-hmm. And um it was through the support of the community that I was a part of and through my amazing colleagues that we were able to start this company from the ground up.
3: Right. Yeah, there are they're different circumstances, but it is mm-hmm. similar that mm-hmm. both Ballet X and Dance Aspen, had. you had to really just... Figure everything out from the ground up. So maybe we could talk a little bit about those experiences. So, Christine, what even inspired BalletX to begin with? Uh, obviously, Pennsylvania Ballet at that point is like a decades long, uh decades long old institution, and you ha- presumably have to set it, uh, you know, set a mission that is going to be distinct enough to get that support. Um, and then, are you able to draw upon your Philly connections, even though? you know, maybe there's some tension there. There's not always enough money to go around. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) what were those early days like for you? It was
4: a spirit of adventure. You know, Matthew Neenan and I and Tara Keating and and a bunch of colleagues, we were accustomed to putting on a show. We were, at the time, uh, doing an annual benefit, an AIDS benefit called Shut Up and Dance. So we were used to getting our... Energy together, choreographing, and this gave us the impetus to continue that journey. We had three months off in the summer, and so Matt and I said, Hey, do you wanna like put a show together? And it started to, you know, roll faster. I remember this analogy of like I pushed a ball and then I was chasing it. Hmm. It was just like going downhill and we were racing. It was racing. Um, I said, Do you wanna just like do this summer gig? Let's bring our friends together. Let's keep it simple. Let's call it Ballet X. You know, ballet was our heart and soul. It was what we trained in every day. It was really our passion. And the X was everything new. It was exploring, experimenting, expressing. How could we take ballet forward into the future and and put our own little stamp on it? And we were wacky kids. I mean, we were, you know, 30 something, just like, you know, Sky's the limit, and did some crazy things that we might not do now. <laughs> and <clears throat> we had a small fan base that knew us as dancers in the Pennsylvania Ballet. So they were like, oh, there's a show in the summer. Let's go to the show. And, you know, basically, Philadelphia shut down in the summer. So there was this hungry network of people who wanted to do cultural events, and mm-hmm. we would sell out and thankfully we had such a gracious director uh, Roy Kaiser who is Russell Kaiser's brother mm-hmm. uh, who is the uh, associate artistic director here at the Vale Dance Festival Russell Kaiser Roy was easy about it he didn't feel threatened he would lend us costumes he would lend us you know sets if we needed you know little things that was really so gracious mm-hmm. And I remember going back into our work year, our season started in September, and this freedom that just, you know, I felt so light. I felt so like I could just be such a different employee dancer with the Pennsylvania Ballet Mm -hmm. because there was this huge outlet that was so fulfilling. So when I approached my work in the fall, I was just like, I think everyone was like, phew. Christine looks really happy. <laughs> it just was, uh, you know, being a professional ballet dancer, it's, it's challenging. You're, every six weeks, your casting goes up, you know, this like judgment of where you're going and how you're doing is placed on you. It's And so it can be quite a roller coaster. So I felt like I had extra straps on for the roller coaster. And I was like, OK, I got this. This is easy
3: now. Yeah. So Laurel, your your version of Ground Up is a little different because you're you're starting with, um, you know, you have the dancers that you want. Um, your family is there, but presumably some of the other things like funding or where you're going to rehearse every day, that that's what you're kind of putting together in the beginning.
2: Right. Yes, yeah, so we started with absolutely nothing. Um, I, I took $2,000 of my own savings because that's the minimum amount of money that you need a business account for. So I opened up a business account with $2,000. And um, we started, you know, everybody at this point, it's summer 2021. So just kind of coming out of the pandemic, um, a lot of the dancers um, had serving jobs, retail jobs, um, something to pay the bills. So we had to work around everybody's schedules and um, we didn't have anything to pay the dancers or myself. And um, we found, a uh, little rehearsal space that was actually for a rock band. So there were like drums and and guitars all over the place. Um, luckily, the floor was actually quite like Marley, so we were like, that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just started putting work together um, as quickly as we could with the time that we had. And um, this kind of story got out to the greater dance industry, and friends of mine who were choreographers started um, donating work and um, you know wanting to come out and saying, "Hey, like if you just pay for me to come out, I will help you." Um, so by the end of the summer, we had put together a full show. We didn't have anywhere to um, perform it, but um, I had been talking to the Wheeler Opera House, which is a um, very historical building theater in the center of Aspen. And they hadn't had dance there in a very, very long time. And we actually got a show in the books. We uh, had our first show um, September 17th, 2021, and completely sold out. And after that, we did a paddle raise in the audience And we raised $140,000 after that. And so I went back to the dancers. I paid them. I paid myself. I I took those choreographers who donated their work, um, two of which were Danielle Rowe and Penny Saunders, and um, paid them for brand-new commissions the following winter. So we just kind of... We got started because you know the the community was so hungry. I think there was you know there was hunger in the community for what we were doing, and there was that support that was just ready to be there. Um, and the way that we grew is we kept collaborating with other organizations, whether it was you know Aspen Art Museum or the Jerome Hotel. You know these are you know iconic institutions in Aspen. And um, that's kind of how we gained followers and support, and it, kind of, it expanded our own um, idea of what we could be. And so we became this very collaborative, young, um, innovative group that was constantly generating work. And I think um, in the past two years, we have generated, uh, 21 pieces, 13 of which were new commissions for Dance Aspen, and we've raised about 1.3 million dollars.
3: Yeah, that's that's just so impressive for such a short amount of time. Uh, I'm wondering, have your ideas for the company or goals started to shift as you're moving away from just this survival mode of you know day to day? How are we going to get through?
2: It's, it's, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard to get out of that survival mode because you always think, you're like, you know, you always wonder, is this going to continue? Is this, you know, are people going to keep supporting us and keep liking what we're doing? And it's it's so early on, like anything could happen, you know? So it's, I definitely still like, I still feel like I'm in survival mode, but um, I think the change is when you start projecting six months to a year in advance, you know, um, thinking, okay, where, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? Um, what do we want to accomplish in, in six months? Um, who, which choreographers do we want to bring in? What artists do we want to hire? All that stuff, that kind of um, bigger picture, instead of just looking, you know, two feet in front of you, just trying to get to the next step, just trying to do the hand to mouth Right. lifestyle um, that's the exciting part for me is the dreams right yeah
3: so Christine you can really zoom out and see the long arc of Valley X now it's almost 20 years old I'm curious are there things that ways that the company is now that you would not have predicted in 2005 how different is Valley X from what you might have thought in 2005 it would be almost 20 years later
4: I didn't know that we would be here 20 <laughs> years later. That that was really—I um, wasn't a dreamer. I was really a a doer. So to be here, continuing, you know, now I can see the future and have. It takes time to have that confidence that it's going to keep moving forward. And and so through the years, I've really built that and and a sense of the future. And I'm really excited in my hope is that this is a company that'll be here well beyond my lifetime, and it'll be something that will stay dedicated to the vision and mission, which is really to produce original choreography. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're now growing, which is really exciting. We For, you know, maybe 17 years, we were 10 dancers. We're now moving to 14 dancers. We've just, you know, I have a staff of 11. We've just hired a rehearsal director because Tara Keating has been Associate Artistic Director, like locked in the studio, and we're doing so much, so many projects that I really need her by my side to help me coordinate and plan all the different artists that we're working with. So, in our 18 years, it's been 121 world premiere choreographies by 70 different choreographers. So that that alone, each piece is its own puzzle that you're trying to navigate um, and build and produce. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited because I really want to build and continue to build this company that impacts artists and dancers and is a resource for people to come and and realize their dreams. Mm-hmm. So whether it is through dancing and all the opportunities to work with choreographers, or it's a choreographer to say, I've been thinking about this project forever. Do you think you could help me produce it? You know? And so now I'm able to have conversations with really established choreographers and say, hey, let's dream two, three years out. Mm-hmm. And really just give them the opportunity to think, oh, it's a blank canvas. W- what do you want to do? And then and not worry, can we make it happen? I we're building the confidence to say we can make this happen. Right. And now um, we're not only, for years we've been the resident dance company of the Wilma Theater. Coming out of the pandemic, we produced our first show in 2021 at the Mann Center for the Performing Arts, which is a 4000 seat outdoor venue. So that presents this incredible opportunity to really give back to the community. And we donated 2,000 tickets this past spring. And we're really trying to expand. You know, Philadelphia is a really diverse community. We're really trying to touch everybody, it, as many people as we can, to bring ballet into their life, at least one little moment. So if they're asked, have you ever seen a dance performance, they can raise their hand and say, yes, mm-hmm. I have. And it was Ballet X. Right.
3: So the company has such a focus on new works, but at this point you have legacy repertoire. So I'm wondering how you're balancing those goals. You have a legacy to tend to, but you are also trying to constantly push artists with new creations, both choreographers and dancers, as as you've mentioned. So what's that balance like for you?
4: It's, it's exciting to have this portfolio of repertory to say, OK, you know our goal is to take an audience on a journey and be really calculated in how we do that. So whether it's like this is going to be a little bit more intentional, it's pushing classical music with really physical dance. And then we know this is a little bit more lighthearted, and we can give the audience some breathing room. Mm-hmm and we're playing with the storyline. And then we finish with a wham bam punch and it's like, whoa, you know, they're, you know, sitting on the edge of their seats. So we really try to curate programming that takes an audience on a journey and so that you're not feeling like you're seeing the same piece. Mm-hmm. We try to change up timing so it's not three pieces all the time. Mm-hmm. You'll see three pieces on Sunday, <laughs> but if you're coming. <laughs> but we we just really try to mix it up and surprise ourselves and the audience and right. the dancers. So we're always experimenting with That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too.
3: So, I think that most people have some ideas about what a director does. You know, you hire dancers, you cast them, um, you raise money. But what are some things that you guys have to do, maybe on a daily basis, that are really vital that we wouldn't think about as audience members?
2: Um, well, there's payroll. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fun. Yeah, I mean, uh,
2: <laughs> you know, uh, the, we're starting to get a little more administrative. Support, which is great. So um, I think it's also just um, there's a lot of little things like checking in um, about you know how the artists are doing, making sure everyone's happy, and they're you know if they have any problems they can come to you for them, and making sure that you can solve those problems for them. Um, also, bringing in new choreographers, making sure their travel day is is in a line, and like you know, flights can get delayed, especially coming into Aspen in these mountain towns. So, um, that's always kind of like I always have to have my eye on on that when we have travelers coming in. Um, also, there's just the the day-to-day. Um, you know, trying to connect with the donors that are, that are supporting you, trying to, um, you know, bring them into rehearsal to have them watch a new creation is really important. And while all that's going on, there's always the planning of an event or a show um, or some sort of fundraiser. So it's, it's a lot going on at once, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: How about for you, Christine? What What are some uh, things we might not think about?
4: <laughs> Relationships, communication. Mm-hmm. You know, as I, you know, continue in this journey, communication is really key, mm-hmm. and making sure that the dancers are really on board with some of the challenges that we have to, you know, tackle. And I think over the last two years, I've I've learned how important, you know, to communicate with the team. Even though we have this beautiful space and we have offices that are right in line with the studio, we can see the dancers dancing, the dancers can see uh, everyone working. You have to bring everybody together because it's, it's a team effort. And so, you know, some of, I, I juggle about 20 things in a day, mm-hmm. so, which is perfect for my Personality. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll sweep puddles of water and, I'll, you know, I'll still roll up my sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, I care and I want everyone to see that it's, I'm not walking on air, that it is, I'll roll up my sleeves any day because I'll always be that person who, you know, started the company in 2005 right. and rolled out Marley mm-hmm. and talked to donors and, you know, set up a party, you know, I I will never lose that sense of I want to be a part of everything. And and a lot of stuff which you might not know is I'm involved in design a lot. So my creative outlet is really working with the graphic designer. How do we present the company in a way that shows our athleticism, shows our emotion? So I really work almost anal, close in there. I'm like, this you can't see, you know. So I've built a long... Standing relationship with our graphic designer, because that's really the outfacing image of the company that mm-hmm. I, I like to be a part of.
3: Do you think there are challenges as a director that are unique to 2023? Or is it always just kind of versions of the same thing? We always have to raise money. We always have to expand our audiences. What are some things that might be a little different looking forward in the next five or 10 years?
2: Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, I think... I think it's a it's a bit harder to um, not as many people I feel like are are going to the going to live dance, you know. And I think um, companies like like X and um, Dance Aspen are having to think of uh, new ways to capture the attention. Of the audiences and of course they'll always be those people who just grew up with dance um, grew up with the arts and really understand it and support it but um, leading a new company I I'm constantly trying to think of ways to get the attention of people who maybe don't have this in our in their background are not exposed to it on the daily because you know in our You know, in our society, it's not—it's not like live dance is highlighted as as something um, to aspire to, or to support, or to appreciate. So I think there's that challenge.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, just hearing going back to your own backgrounds and how varied they are, it got me thinking that it's being a director now. The criteria has changed for the better in that it felt like when I was growing up, basically the only way you would run a company is if you were a star, a principal dancer, presumably with American Ballet Theater or New York City Ballet. What do you think are some of the ways that your varied backgrounds trump that criteria?
4: Great question. (laughs) (laughs) The criteria for running a company in America or maybe the world is limited. Mm -hmm. It's really like if you're a star and we, you know, you're at the top of that pyramid of a big ballet company, you are therefore um, prepared and ready to step into leading a company. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know, is the right criteria for boards to be selecting directors. Mm -hmm. When you're running a big ballet company, you're stepping into 30, 40, 50, 60 million dollar budgets. And, and you may not have the grounding or the, the ability to understand how hard and difficult those major budgets are to raise that kind of money. So, I mean, for instance, I was in a company where the director just spent money like it was going to it was endless and we do these productions, and the revenue wouldn't, you know, match the expenses. And it it never does, but you've got to be really sensitive to cultivating, and they didn't want to do the fundraising, mm-hmm. cultivating the donors to help raise that money. So, but there are success stories for sure, mm-hmm. N- you know, I think you know, an advantage to really climbing, you know, you're climbing in a company, you're climbing as a director. I mean, we were nobody, we mm-hmm. had nothing. We started it from nothing. So I've learned, I mean, the first budget was on a legal pad and I remember sitting in the, you know, the studio with Matt saying, okay, so what should we pay everybody? Okay, we'll pay ourselves $50 a day. You know, it was just mm-hmm. like, we we had no clue and and now through time, I've been on a journey of learning how to, and I will continue to learn until I'm not here anymore, how to do this better and better and how to secure a sense of vision. I've now completed like five strategic plans. You know, those Mm -hmm. are complicated processes you sit down with your board you have to build a board that's behind you and you go through ups and downs when you've been doing this for 18 years and when you have a board that's right there with you then you know you're doing something right and then you have to work
2: with your team it's so complicated <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's fun though I love it no. I love it
2: I'm there with you I understand mm-hmm. I know I Back to your question about what is our criteria, and as Christine just walked you through, I think our criteria is that we made it work mm. from nothing, and um, that, that, is, that is getting into the nitty-gritty of, yeah, uh, what can we pay ourselves today? Um, what can we pay the dancers? What can we expect in a week or two? Um, can we carry ourselves all the way through the season? And um, you know, if you if you're stepping into a big role with a big company, um, and your only experience is dancing, I mean, where are you going to gain that knowledge? Mm-hmm. And um, that is, you know, that's that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard.
3: Just to, to personalize this a little bit, I'm just thinking, you know, you both talking about how you you know starting from nothing. Um, like I, I went to school with Laurel, mm-hmm. and I remember we used to crowd around the window to watch her when she was 13 years old, because she was so talented. Mm -hmm. And just the way that you've grown from this little baby prodigy into a full leader is so moving. Mm -hmm. And then for Christine, I graduated in 2005, which is the year BalletX was founded. So a lot of my friends had joined Pennsylvania Ballet. And I remember Christine was the person who did the amazing, like the most amazing choleric you've ever seen in your life. That was the word on the street. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you've just left this company, you know, you're moving on from your own performing career, starting something new. And l- now I'm like twenty years down the line, you guys have really done something so special. So Thank I just you. thought it would be fun to oh, share that. That's so sweet. Um <laughs> But you know, something that makes both of your companies really unique to my eyes is um, the repertoire. You know, a lot of companies. Um, I feel like things are getting a little homogenized and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of looking like everyone else, but I, I'll always know what dance Aspen looks like and what Ballet X looks like based on the repertoire. So maybe we could talk a little bit about what your process is there. Like how, how are you selecting works? How far out are you looking to the right dancers need to be around for these works, the right choreographers, that sort of thing.
4: Another great <laughs> question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fifty percent of my commissions are by women, so that's just a baseline criteria. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I it's so important to support women and and to be intentional because I found that if I don't have that baseline criteria, I'm suddenly I'm of the six or eight world premieres. You know, seventy five percent of it is men. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm starting to choose and and I start to do this shift and. If I don't have that criteria, then I'll, I'll start to get pulled, and and I don't even know why, you know, which is another conversation. Um, so I like to work with choreographers that surprise me. Like in the first minute or two, I can't predict where they're going to go. I love that they're taking ballet and kind of shifting, turning it upside down, you know. Um, thinking outside of the box and I like to support new voices, young voices that haven't been seen and, and also work towards getting voices that have never been seen in America. So I'm, you know, I want to be a part of the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to, I, you know, six isn't enough a year. You know, I'm
5: like, oh, you know, we,
4: at one time we did nine and, and the team just keeps saying, can we slow down a bit? (laughs) You know, they're not little duets. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, Big ballets, right, so right, right. it's a lot
3: of work. How about for you?
2: So it's interesting because um, you know it, it's it's very difficult to get people to Aspen beach because of the location, and in Vale is similar too. But it's just it's very expensive and it's very difficult. So um, as we uh, as we started and we realized, okay, we're a company. Let's we got to start generating some work. How are we going to afford this? And um, what we started doing is I started giving the dancers opportunities to create on each other. And from those in-house works, I realized, wow, these are actually very multifaceted artists. They're not just dancers. Some of these dancers have really creative minds. And um, so it kind of gave them a platform in their own community to not only identify as as a dancer, but as a creator and um, a choreographer. Um, So we definitely, that's a a huge element of Dance Aspen is we do a lot of in-house work. Um, And uh, when we do bring in a choreographer, which we, uh, you know, we will at least bring in one choreographer uh, to do a new work per program. Um, usually usually more than more than one usually two um i really you know i really think about um i have a very classical base but i've had a lot of experience with contemporary so anything that really um marries the classicism and the structure with contemporary movement is something that i'm personally drawn to um i also like to ask um the the artists who they want to work with it's a very uh Collective, collaborative, artistic vision. So I always include the artists in that, and um, that takes you know that can take the company in a direction that I wasn't you know that I maybe didn't even see. Mm-hmm. So I I depend on the artists a lot to help me uh, to help me drive the vision moving mm-hmm. forward. Right.
3: Yeah. Maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the works that either have already been presented at the Veil Dance Festival this year or what we'll be looking forward to. Uh, let's start with ballet X.
4: Well, uh, on Sunday, we're going to be at the Villar Performing Arts Center, and we're really excited to present a piece by Amy Hall Garner. Um, we've been watching Amy for years and, and brought her in this past spring to the May performance. Uh, her piece is called Switching the Groove, and she truly did that. In the first mm-hmm. section, it's like we give you classical ballet, and then by the end, they're pumping their hips mm-hmm. and just moving and grooving, and it's just fun. It's just beautiful exploration of movement at her journey as a dancer. You can see in a choreographer coming through in her choices. Then we're presenting Kylie Kwan, who was a dancer with BalletX for eight years. She was also the resident artist last year at the Vale Dance Festival. Um, she started choreographing while in the company. We're presenting her Love Letter, which is a, a love letter to her home, Guam. Um, and we presented aspects of this work in our films that we did. We did 27 films during the pandemic and worked with like 20 choreographers around the world in order to keep the company going. Um, and then we'll close the program with Justin Peck's Become a Mountain. I fell in love with this piece. Damien Wetzel commissioned it for the Juilliard School. And I had gone up to see Kylie's piece the project it, it's the freshmen sophomores juniors. and i'm sitting there in the final piece which was the senior class and, and i'm on the edge of my seat and i'm crying and laughing at the same time and so i'm like this is this is it so mm. i'm so excited to work with justin and these beautiful artists and bring a really eclectic program and then we're presenting a world premiere by jamar roberts damian wetzel uh, brought us together a couple years ago, and we've fallen in love. We have, we have a, we're totally in love with Jamar. <laughs> He's now made his, this will be his third piece on the company. Jamar was a 20 year veteran dancer with Alvin Ailey. He was also recently resident choreographer of Alvin Ailey. So it's just great to build these important relationships with makers because it's about trust. So. Certain choreographers we had we've had back several times because mm-hmm. we're building relationships, and you can get into some complicated scenarios um, and situations, and you have to sit down in a quiet room and talk things through <laughs> with the makers, and just try to get to the best work possible for the organization and and the and the choreographer.
3: Right, Laurel. How about Dan Zaspen?
2: So um, we're really excited this year because we're going to be a part of the NOW premieres, uh, August 7th. That's Monday, I believe, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're bringing a new creation by Matthew Neenan, which, um, as you know, is, a ve- is a very close to Christine and co-creator co- um, of Ballet so there's another connection there. Um, and it's actually being co-commissioned by Vail Valley Foundation and Damian Wetzel. So that was an honor for, um, for us to achieve. And um, Matt and is... is uh, Matt Neen and I go way back mm-hmm. because of my experience at Pennsylvania Ballet. And uh, I did a work of his when I was 17 at CPYB. Um, And so it was really fun to bring him full circle to Aspen to create this work on the artists and um, I'm really happy with it. It's, it's so dynamic, um, uses the dancer's technique, but also uh, contemporary movement. Um, it's quirky, it's fun. I think the audience is gonna love it, and I'm excited to see everybody up on the Ford amphitheater stage. For sure. Yeah. We all love Maddie. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but I think actually we now have time to take some questions from the audience, and we will bring a mic out to you so that we get that sound.
0: Hi. Um, we first saw Ballet X here uh, in, I guess, 2014, and we saw Slump, and we loved it. And uh, thereafter, we followed the, the company to some degree. And uh, I remember uh, one time when uh, the company was coming to the Joyce Theater, which I think you do pretty regularly, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were trying to get people to go to it, And I was trying to come up with, like, what's the elevator pitch? You know, what is the description (laughs) of the aesthetic? Uh, Michael said, Well, I know what Ballet X looks like. And I think I know what he means, but I don't have a vocabulary. And when you were talking about it before, it sounded very much like, Well, we're a blank slate. We want to do what the creators want to do. But obviously, there is an aesthetic. Mm. what is it? Because I, I can say it's ballet-based and it's got a lot of contemporary, yeah. but you could say that <laughs> about other companies too. And right. what what is it that, if I wanted to give that pitch, mm-hmm. come see Ballet X because mm-hmm. this is what you're going to see. Yeah.
4: Well, w- we define ourselves as athleticism, emotion, and grace. So really, the dancers are extremely athletic, but their ability to share their emotions, their feelings like from the bottom of their toes. We, we talk about things like how you use your eyes, how you open, you know, your soul is driving out through your, your body, how you communicate it. So I'm really interested in working with artists who could really communicate and take movement and share the different complexities of the choreographer's ideas. And that takes a really high level artists who can not only do the step you know do a beautiful pirouette and finish it but can do it with some conviction that's telling a story after the end of the pirouette you know Mm -hmm. and forgets about technique because it's so right under their their it's in their wheelhouse so they're free to just kind of as if they were running through the you know fields high grass it's just like Dance as if no one's watching, and that ability to express themselves is really interesting to me.
3: I also think this is a smaller piece of the puzzle, yeah. but something that I really enjoy about Ballet X is that all the women are very distinguished point performers. You know, right. so in the Jennifer Archibald piece that we saw a few nights ago, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they're it's not they're not just slapping the shoe on. Like everyone knows how to work their shoe; they have that training. So it's something that I think sets Ballet X apart for sure for me.
4: That that's a great point. Yeah, the the women have to do point because we do the ballet. I have to remind people sometimes they're like, it's ballet X. You know, we we start with ballet, so mm-hmm. you got to be able to get those boots on and partner a, a dancer. For at sure. One point.
3: Yeah. P- passing the mic. Just <laughs> over, long as we're talking about the Joyce,
0: yeah. I'm curious about the <coughs> economics of touring, and because we all know. It, it 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 the ticket sales are never gonna cover all the expenses, but when you go to the Joyce, are you losing money on that engagement or <laughs> breaking even or a little ahead what what does that work out to be and of course, going to the Joyce for ballet x is a lot different than going to the Joyce for dance aspen yeah if you were as you should be. First place I ever saw Aspen Santa Fe was at the Joyce. Mm. So, curious about how the economics of touring works.
4: Well, such an interesting question right now. <laughs> because in the past, we've been presented by the Joyce. So they would pay us a fee, and yes, it does not cover the cost. If you're putting 18 people up in New York City for two week, for one week, that's about $22,000. And the fees are just a little bit more than that. So it barely covers the payroll that then doesn't cover the per diem. So then you start to go, Mm -hmm. which are choices you make, you know, in the beginning, running the company and trying to get it more known. I made choices like, okay, we're going to fundraise. We know we're going to take hits on revenue, but we need to go out into the world. The world needs to see us. And I don't even want to tell you what our first fee was. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want to know. I, I love the joys too much to, to share that. <laughs> but now we're presenting ourselves. So because after our strategic plan, we made a decision that we're going to be in New York um, for the next three years because it's important for Ballet X to show what's happening in our city with the work that we're commissioning because we're not only a national company, we're a global company. We're working with choreographers all over the world, and it's important that we're in New York City showing the impact that we're having on the field. So it's exciting, but we do have to fundraise to make it possible to rent the theater, to bring the company up there, and we have some great people supporting us to help us do that. We're going to be in new york the last week in september uh september 25th to october 1st joyce yeah 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 the joyce is in new york so we'll
2: be there yeah it's exciting
0: is is dance aspen going to be touring
2: yes uh we started touring last summer and um so far we're staying in colorado because that's you know like christine said i mean yeah. Putting, putting someone up, putting the whole company up in, in New York City, flying everybody there is, is definitely a challenge. And I do push for being presented because um, that is definitely more um, cost effective for us if we're guaranteed a fee. Uh, this, this summer, after, after we perform here, we're going back to Aspen. We have a program in Aspen, and then we tour to Crested Butte and Lone Tree.
5: First of all, I just want to say bravi to both of you on your startups. I've done several startups, and it takes a lot of perseverance and (laughs) grit, and that will carry you through life, Mm -hmm. so bravi. bravi. Thank you. Um, Laurel, my question is, the, the Aspen Santa Fe Theater, what happened to that? Why did you not go into that theater?
2: so that theater is actually it's in the um the aspen public school so the, it's in the high school and um at the time it was it was being renovated and um we were a company of six artists and i saw the wheeler opera house this historical monument in the center of town um and i had always wondered why we never performed there when i was an artist with aspen santa fe ballet and um I really loved that theater, and I thought, well, why not? Why don't we have shows in town? And so The Wheeler is, is the theater I approached first, and it just ended up, it became our home, and it's it's where we perform all of our shows. Um, and, um, you know, the high school, is it's got a great stage, a great... Um, a great space, but it is a different vibe when you walk into, um, you know, a high school versus you walk into a, a theater with the, you know, the, the velvet curtains and the decorations and just the history that that whole building has.
5: I haven't been to Aspen in a while, but yeah. I will definitely come see you oh, in great. Aspen. Great. Oh. Um, question about um, coming to the Villar. Why do you not come to the Villar in the in the winter? Do you come um, back to Vale?
2: We, we performed at the Villar last summer for Veil Dance Festival, so Uh, that was, oh, outside the festival.
5: In the winter, why don't you come, now you have this community that loves dance. Yeah. And by the way, I will say, I'm from the New York area, I'm a big supporter of ABT, I go on Wednesday nights, and I go to the theater a lot, and New York is, it was packed. mm -hmm. I was shocked at the ballet, how packed it was. Yeah. All four tiers like packed on yeah. Wednesday nights and theaters pa- I go on Tuesday nights packed so I think the outlook for art is great I think that you know you're not gonna have trouble with people coming to your that's good to hear to your, <laughs> I, I, I mean I'm just going by that yeah. but yeah you know I just wanted to add that yeah in.
2: Uh, well but, now you know. that you mentioned it I'm gonna hit up the velar during the winter yeah <laughs> we, we would again. love yeah. to see you come back
5: because <laughs> unfortunately I'm not gonna be here Monday night but okay. I'm going to be at Valley X. But I would love, I saw you last yeah. summer. Oh, great. it Wonderful. was, um, I, I was surprised to be so impressed. Yeah, oh, it was really, you. really entertaining. Thank and you. And I really enjoyed thank it. Thank you. So, we loved the
2: Ballard too. It was beautiful, beautiful. Um, I have one more
5: question. <laughs> um, how do you pay your employees? Like, you have your full time staff, and I guess a couple are stars, you know, maybe more coveted. How do you pay them by, Merit or by how long they've been in the company, or do you have sort of an even, you know, salary range? How does that work?
2: So, for for Dance Aspen, since we are so young, um, all the artists are paid the same at this level. Um, and if, you know, there are, there's one artist who is actually also our company manager and she does our marketing. And so she is also, she has an additional pay for that. Um, and, uh, we just have, we have two people helping our administration. So they're contractors and we pay them an admin fee. Um, so we're still relatively small working off of a relatively small budget and, um, that's, that's how we've distributed it so far. Yeah. Um, we're older. <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: uh, we're, we're past that stage, thank goodness, and it's hard. Um, but we were definitely there. But m- it, we're moving to a $4.2 million budget. We have 27 full-time employees. Everyone has health insurance. The dancers... Uh, are paid in bands depending on their um, experience. Um, the goal has really been to invest in the artists. You know, I want them to have. I'm not interested in how little can we pay everybody. I'm really focused on how can we get everyone's salary up. Um, that's it. Takes time. Of the 49 week contract, four weeks are paid vacation, and my goal is to get us. We talked about this and a couple yeah, weeks ago. It's a couple worth years ago.
3: reiterating. I don't. I mean, I personally don't know of any other company in America that does that. So, maybe round of applause for Christine for that. <laughs> I've never heard of that.
4: So, yeah, we we want to get to 52 weeks and we you know, these are top of the line dancers, artists who should be paid well. I'm, um, you know, I grew up, you know, going paycheck to paycheck. So, money wasn't ever important to me, but it is important. I want people to feel like they can you know, pay their grocery bills, and you know, interest is is skyrocketing. So this year, everyone got a seven percent minimum, seven percent um, increase pay increase. So yeah, it's just always been really important um, to invest in that. And really, when we finished our strate- strategic plan, sorry, it's we are investing in choreography, dancers, Philadelphia, nationally, and internationally. And those four areas are where we're really gonna. You know, put our our um, our energy and focus.
3: Mm-hmm. Great. I think we have time for one more. My question is for Laurel. So I'm curious: when Aspen Santa Fe Ballet ceased to exist, were
2: you given access to their donor database? No. Still exists. <laughs> <laughs> so they <laughs> do. They exist as an organization. So they had a couple different arms when they were um, running their local company. They were a presenting company, so they presented um, other companies coming through Aspen at the district theater, and they also have a school. So they closed their third arm, which was the local dance company. So they exist as an organization. Thank you for the clarification.
3: Well, that's all we have time for. Laurel and Christine, thank you both so much for coming out to talk to me today. And we hope that everyone in the audience will go check out Ballet X and Dance Aspen, not only here at the Veil Dance Festival, but during the year. Thank you all so much.
4: Thank you. Thank
3: you.
2: (laughs) Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit Conversations on Dance Pod p o d
0: Planning for your next trip.